Open Esther's podcast. How will you write Act 3 of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality? Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. I'm thrilled that these Open Nesters interviews have introduced me and Tessa to so many diverse people I would have never met before. We're about to hear from Palebo. He titled himself The Radio Vagabond. He's also a radio professional, just like myself, and we have so much in common. When he became an Open Nester, he saw it all and hit the road. Let's meet... Palebo. Welcome, Palebo, to the Open Nesters podcast. Welcome. We're so excited to have you with us. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I'm so proud that I'm one of your first guests on this brand new podcast. I'm so happy with it. Awesome. And you're in Colombia because you're a a wandering man, that's for sure. The most vagabond person that I've been following, that I've been so fascinated by. So, and, and why don't we start from the very beginning? Um, wait, wait, wait. He, okay. he just told us before that it's his anniversary. Tell us about the anniversary. Yeah. The anniversary yeah, of what? Anniversary. <laughs> anniversary of what? Today. <laughs> yeah, well, well you, you, and, you and me, Amir, we have this uh, common passion for radio. And oh, I absolutely. Just, it, just, it just dawned on me as uh, we started, uh, just when, when uh, that I saw that it was the 18th. So actually, today it's 36 years ago uh, uh, at exactly... If I'm not considering the the time difference, it was also at seven o'clock. We're at seven o'clock no right now. Kidding. That I that I did my first radio show back in Denmark in '85. What what so, kind of show yeah. was that? Oh, it was um, it was on a brand new station. It was a youth program where we did some different stuff, and uh, we were just fooling around and playing with it. And I can tell you, I was so nervous speaking into a microphone. <laughs> you at that you time. did a live show. Oh, it was live. Oh, it was wow. so live. And you could hear my breath and my pulse yeah. in my breath. And, and, the, and the sweat dripping. <laughs> oh, yeah. The sweat is dripping now as well. But that's because I, to- I turned off the fan and the, the air condition to not make any noise. But here in Colombia, it's, it's quite hot, it, even at uh, 7 p.m. Of course, of course. And you're in the, uh, hell, the, the, the capital of the, of the cartel, Medellin. Oh, yeah, exactly, Wonderful. exactly. And when he arrived on Wednesday, we heard, and I read on your Facebook page too, that you found out that you were going to be quarantined for the whole weekend or there was nothing open or 
Exactly. <laughs> I, I, the, f- the, the first few days I was busy with work because uh, I'm still working. Uh, and I thought, okay, here comes the weekend and my clients are not uh, at the office. So now I can go out exploring. And then somebody told me a few hours before eight o'clock uh, that it was from eight o'clock Friday night to eight o'clock Monday morning. It would be a completely lockdown and we couldn't even leave the apartment. So, uh, yeah, I managed to get some shopping done and uh, I've been in stuck inside all uh, all weekend. So so let's start from the end and go back to the beginning. Yes. What, what, what are you doing in Medellin? I mean, who who wants to go to Medellin anyway? This is not like a tourist attraction. I've heard beautiful things. Uh, yeah, well, I I am a digital nomad, quote unquote. Um, I don't really know if I like that term, but that's if if I need to put a label on myself, that would be it. Uh, I I can work anywhere, and I've been doing it for four and a half years now. And actually, Medellin it is is one of the hot spots for nomads around the world. There are three that are on the top that's Chiang Mai and Thailand and Bali and then Virgin and uh, so many nomads here so I thought <laughs> let me go and see what that's like and uh, maybe meet some like-minded people if we're able to do a meetup or something like that. <laughs> a meetup of nomads exactly. in Medellin. Yeah, let me hurry up. <laughs> so Pale has Radio Vagabond as his website and his kind of lifestyle right now which is let's take let's 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 take you back to the origins of that because when you became an open nester rather than an empty nester you really had a feeling of openness and yeah yeah, i'd love you to talk about that yeah it was it was actually in uh, 2013 i thought okay here i am and my kids are moving out when they graduate in a few years in 2016 uh, and Maybe I should try living in another place because the first 50 years of my life, I I lived in the same smaller rural place of Denmark. And I thought, the world is so big and I enjoy traveling, so maybe I'll go stay in Cape Town. So just to get a taste of it, I went there for a couple of months to try it out in 2013 and and realized that my clients, they didn't even realize that I was was out of the country. So then when I came back, I thought, well, maybe – Cape Town is wonderful. It's still my favorite place in the world uh, outside of the of Denmark. But um, there are so many great places. So why not uh, just go traveling in the world for two years? Is what I thought. And now it's four and a half years in, and uh, I I haven't looked back ever since. So when my kids um, uh, they they moved out of the house, so did I. I sold everything, my house and my car and all my furniture, and then I left in uh, July 16. Were you married at the time? Separated? What was your condition there? Well, my conditions is I've I've been married twice. My first wife is the uh, the mother of my my, my two kids, and uh, and uh, my second wife we were together for five years and married for two, and uh, just grew apart and um, decided that um, we've had five wonderful years, and none of us would change a single day uh, but we were just not happy so we agreed let's go out and be happy and since there were no kids involved it was more easy to make that decision so the split up there was in uh, when was that in 11 i think uh, so yeah so, so so at the time where your kids left the house you were uh single separated was, yeah. separated yeah yeah and I, I, I love the ease in which you speak especially because because i believe that europeans have a lot more ease about about the transitions in that way they don't have they don't hold on to this very american puritanical state as much 
So, so mm. the, the fact that you, this was what you did, it was like that was part of my yeah. journey. And, and, and then I'd love to, you to talk about that culturally, what you saw at this age as you started to move out of Europe mm. and into other places. I know you've been to so many, I mean, most of the continents, maybe not Pacific, but I think everywhere I followed your footsteps mm. on your website was so cool <laughs> that you've been everywhere. Yeah, ninety-one countries and forty-two U.S. states at the at the, at the moment. So yeah, uh, well, uh, uh, just to address the uh, the, the split up, uh, the the first uh, uh, my first divorce was uh, more difficult because we had kids, and uh, I, I come from a, a long family history of when you have kids, you stay together, and uh, so that was a that was a tough decision to make, uh, and it was it was it was it was not nice. Uh, it, it, well, we, we were totally friendly and all that, and we're she, my ex-wife is still my best friend, and we speak almost on a daily basis um, about the kids and, and whatever. But um, but the it, 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 it's it's harder when there are children involved, and they were uh, eight and ten at the at the time, so obviously it was it was hard for them. But it, it, everything turned out fine, and it was the right decision to do. To take and uh, my second split up was uh, was more easy because, like I said, sure, no kids involved. But, but yeah. when 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 they left the house and you you were single, was was the fact that you wanted to just be a nomad and travel the world? Was that brewing already before uh, they got, they grew up? That you know that they got leaving the house, or it was just uh, at that time you said, you know what? Now I have no responsibility for kids. Let me be a nomad. Yeah, well, I I made the decision in thirteen, and it was in sixteen I left. So I had three years of, uh, of, to of planning and uh, pre- prepare, and I was totally open about it. I shared it with uh, my, my my family, my kids, and and my parents, and everything was um, uh, totally uh, fine. And uh, I said, well, in in a couple of years, when the youngest will graduate and and get her own apartment, which is something that is is quite normal in Denmark, that when you're 18, 19 years old, you you find a small apartment, and um, then they're they're both off in in university now, and uh, yeah. So so you find the, you you downsize when when the kids leave the house, or, or it's just traditional, or just very common. Is that what you say? No, that's not what I'm saying. Normally. Normally, you, you you have this big house, and or if, if you do, you 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 have a, a much too, you have way too much space when the kids move out, uh, and then you are two empty nesters that stay in in a big house with a, too much room Got to it. spare. Uh, so so that's that's more the common thing to do. What I did was quite untraditional uh, for 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 Danish Danish standards. Got it. And and you were co-parenting at that time when they left the house. I mean they, they were both your wife and, and yourself were uh, Yeah, they were caring. moving back and forth uh, um, like a uh, um, seven days each place and uh, back and forth, yeah. So here that day is arriving. Here you are. Uh, the kids left the house. You were an open nester and now you're on your first day of your trip. Tell me about that day. Well, I, I'd, I'd like to go back a couple of months before. Please. Because I, I, I sold my house and then I started selling all my stuff. Uh, a lot of it I gave away to charity. Sometimes I had a, a, a garage yard sale where I had people coming in and I, I, I put some of my furniture on the equivalent of eBay in Denmark. And uh, I could feel that my living room was getting more and more empty and I had more and more echo. 
And I remember a couple of months before, even though I'd been planning it for so long, I thought, what the heck am I doing? Why? This is not right. Is this the wrong decision? I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to be in a fetal position in my couch <laughs> watching Netflix. Uh, so so that was when I was getting out of my comfort zone. Uh, but then I sold my house and I moved out of my house and uh, actually moved into my childhood home uh, because both my parents, I, I, I they, they, they passed away in, in 2015 just very sudden and uh, so I moved into my parents house which was empty at the time the last couple of months I was back in Denmark and just getting getting ready and selling that house too and um, and actually we sold it me and my siblings sold that house uh, just the day before I left so that was uh, everything turned out fine and, uh, and the fact and that you faced your 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 you know our natural emotions are not that we are going to be on this progressive journey and we make a decision and anything's 100% in life. So I love that you brought up that vulnerable time because for us to look at ourselves and say, we we're, we're we're programmed in so many ways to behave a certain way and then and to leave your our, our nest in whatever way that nest is of security is well, always exactly. a risk that creates yeah. some kind of you know, a discontent. And so before you were able to jump in, you had to really retract a bit. And Tessa, what I, what I actually thought about it was, uh, I don't know if I'm going to like this lifestyle. I don't know if it's for me, because actually for most people, they want that comfort of, of their own home and that, that the base uh, to go back to. They like tra- Most people like traveling, but most people also like to go home and feel, okay, what, what? here is my, I can sleep in my own bed and all that. And I thought, am I going to like it? But then I thought, if if I don't like it, I can always go back and get some new ikea furniture (laughs) (laughs) so you tried it at first or you i mean you tried it at first the first like amir was mentioning this first moment what give us us a feeling of his his state of mind correct me if i'm wrong you are uh out of your comfort zone you got rid of all your baggage that's it you are you have keys and and maybe some dollars Corona. Kronos, yeah uh and then you are uh, basically doubting yourself and you are here ready to leave tell me about that yeah and then i i i got on the bus uh to to go to the airport i hadn't looked back since uh, it's been an absolutely amazing journey i i started in the i started in the obviously Tallinn, Estonia, uh, and um, just made my way through Eastern Europe and then um, all the way out to Asia. And then I've been uh, crisscrossing and uh, my journey looks like um, spaghetti when I look at a map. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's been all over the place. I mean, did you have it all planned in advance or were you just... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had it down. I had it planned so detailed <laughs> down to where I would be in which month, in which week in which year uh, and after three countries that whole plan was out the window it was it was nowhere near i have made a nice smooth trip around the world and now when i look at it it's like all over uh, yeah so what, so ha- what, what very, are some of different. the stories that derailed you and how did you respond like what was the experience of of, of saying okay i i tried this 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 plan that and I can't, I can't keep it as a plan. Uh, so how'd that feel? Well, I, actually, it's, it started when I was in uh, my third country, and it was my plan to go to Belarus at the time. And then a, a friend of mine said, "No, no, you're going to Moldova." 
as a Moldova. I don't even know where it is, and it's not on my list. Well, it is. It is now, my friend. <laughs> you have to go to Moldova. It's an amazing place. It's uh, um, the poorest country in Europe, and uh, and it's um, it's uh, quite an experience. You have to go to Moldova. So then I thought, well, let me go to Moldova, and then from there I just took it uh, country by country. And actually, sometimes I even though every country are different, you're still in the same region. So after, I think, 11 countries in, in, in that I hadn't been to before in Europe, I, I went, I thought I need some change of scenery. So I went to Dubai and then to Asia and did a whole lot in Asia, uh, including North Korea, by the way. Uh, after f- six months in, in Asia, I thought, ah, I'm getting... St- tired of asian food so let me let me go somewhere else so that's why it's sometimes i i i skip from yeah uh, different continents as well so from 11 countries in europe did you do that on a bus in a private car how did how did you travel i mean how much bags you had did you have just a backpack tell me uh, at that time i had a computer bag and a, and a suitcase when I was traveling through Africa, I I knew that I was going to do that all over land and coming with a big suitcase wouldn't be very popular. So I scaled down <laughs> to just having a backpack and my computer bag. Uh, it varies very much how I travel. Sometimes it's, uh, it's by plane. Uh, sometimes it's by bus. Sometimes it's by train. Um, sometimes I rent a car if I'm doing a big road trip. I did a lot of road tripping in New England where you guys are. So Depending is who you're with or just who... How the whim of where you want to go in that in that style of travel like tell us a little bit about the experiences as far as the feeling like okay Moldova first of all Moldova I know nothing about Moldova so why why was it so enchanting to start well, with? it was it was some of my friends who who said you you have to go there and uh, you have to you have to experience it and I I, I keep an open mind and I say yeah why not uh, let me do that uh, and actually sometimes I use the function on Skyscanner where you can search from here or from one place to anywhere and just see what comes up. And sometimes it's not the neighboring country that is the cheapest flight. Sometimes it's a bit further. When I was about to board the flight in in Madrid to go here to Colombia, they wouldn't let me on the plane without an onward ticket or a return ticket. So I had to quickly go on Skyscanner and I just searched from Medellin, Colombia to anywhere. And what came up was uh, was Panama. So uh, I bought a ticket to Panama. It was so cheap. So if I don't use it, it's not going to ruin me. But now I'm thinking, yeah, I want to go to Panama. I haven't, I haven't been there. So let me go to Panama. And what do you look for in each country? So like what, what draws you in when you first arrive? What draws me in is uh, how it's different and uh, here in here in Colombia it's uh, they, very few people speak English so I have to improve my Spanish so I've, I've, I found a Spanish teacher that's giving me some land lessons and uh, I also got Duolingo but then I, obviously both I want to see the sites that you have to see uh, but then also I want to get interesting stories and and try to see if I can make some local friends that can sh- tell me some stories and that's where my podcast comes in as a, as a good tool because I have an excuse to uh, to speak to people here in here sure. in Colombia I I'm uh, I've spoken to someone who introduced me to someone I, I said to my Airbnb host do you know of, know of he's, he's American by the way and I said to him do you know of anyone who is old enough to tell me what it was like back in the uh, the Pablo Escobar days and uh, maybe 
talk about the transition. And he introduced me to this uh, wonderful woman. And, and she said, I, I know another guy. So now she has introduced me to an older guy uh, that can speak English and, and can share a lot of stories. So I'm, I'm meeting him in a week's time. And if I didn't have the excuse that I was bringing my microphone and, and doing the podcast, it, 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 I, maybe I, I wouldn't have the excuse to, to get those uh, serendipity moments. So, so you were talking about podcast. Was that the general idea when you start traveling or it was a, a byproduct of your traveling afterwards? And when did that happen? Well, I, since radio is my passion and it's still my hobby 36 years mm-hmm. and a few hours in, it's, uh, it's, it's still something <laughs> I want to do. The, the anniversary, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I couldn't imagine going on this trip without recording something. When I started doing it, I, I think I more or less was doing it for the 95-year-old Palabo who's back at home not traveling anymore so I can relive my memories. Uh, so I, I think it's a, it's a good way for, for me to have to, to maintain my memories in a, in a medium that I like. Obviously, I take a lot of photos as well, but I'm, uh, I have a face made for radio, so, uh, so that's, that's why I do it. <laughs> face made for radio. <laughs> Yeah. See you on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the first thing I love about countries, and I've always dreamed of spending more time in different countries, is actually forming relationships. So I'm curious along the way how that's worked out for you when you're moving so fast. And if you feel there, and and if there's a sense of loneliness on this on this journey, loneliness, no. Maybe maybe during this weekend when I was in lockdown, it, it was a bit boring. But I'm I'm very extrovert and like to go out meeting people. I use um, the different platforms that there are. I've I've been on the Nomad cruise three times, which is a, a, a conference on a cruise ship, uh, and that brings me into a nomad community where I can reach out. There's a nomad cruise? Wait a second. Mention that because people need to know there's a nomad it's cruise no, if you ever it, want to be yeah. a nomad. Cruises are not that big a thing right now here in the pandemic, but uh, hopefully it'll get right. back. Right, right, right. Uh, but but it's, 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 it's an amazing thing. It's, a, it's like a... a, a a conference on a ship, like I said, and uh, the first time was uh, from Malaga, Spain to Athens, so in the Mediterranean, and uh, we were 250 nomads from 40 countries doing workshops and lectures and meetups and all kinds of things, uh, and I liked it so much. So later that year, that was in 18, I went on my second one that was from Barcelona and Spain to Brazil, which is uh, crossing the Atlantic for two weeks, and the thing is that when on that one, we were 500 nomads from from uh, fifty countries, and this is no luxury cruise. It's it's well, it's it's not super luxury, but it's 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 super nice. Everything once you you paid for for to get on it, everything is free, including in, including the bar at night and, and great food. So yeah. uh, uh, and when you're that close uh, on it, we're on the, on the same boat, so to speak. You, you really connect with people in a, in a whole different level. And, of and, course. Uh, you, two, two weeks crossing the Atlantic, you, you have yeah. to. So declaring oneself to be a nomad, what does that take? Can someone a week before the nomad cruise decide, I want to be a nomad, I'm going to go on the nomad cruise? Yeah. Is it a state of mind or is it... It's, uh, it's a what bit of both. It? You have to apply and you have to get approved to, to get on it. So you've gotta, you, you don't have to be a full-time nomad. A lot of the people, they still have a home base, but they travel a lot and they're I would say more uh, location independent, where they're able to uh, to work in different uh, locations. 
normally people get approved on uh, to 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 go on it even though you're not a full-time nomad uh, who do who do they apply to to the nomad uh, authorities <laughs> I mean, there is such a thing <laughs> well it's a it's a it's a company that originally are from Germany it's called the nomad cruise I think nomadcruise.com they organize the whole thing and then they they book us into a, a, a cruise that's already with other passengers uh, but but we all have the same wristband and we know that we're nomads and we were wearing the name tag we could see we're part of this group is that the way you made some of your I mean any friendships that you've been yeah, able to with exactly withstood the, the test of time and yeah travel? exactly and it's it's such a great tool because then I'm part of the nomad cruise alumni on the Facebook page and uh, whenever I'm going to a new place like when I came here I I posted there hey I'm in in Medellin Colombia anyone here somebody reaches out and say yeah let's go for a cup of coffee or a beer or something uh, so so that's 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 one But, tool to use So I'm getting back to that relationship question because to me it's an essential part of life. So along the way, how does it, how does one connect other than just for a cup of coffee after, from the Facebook page? Are there any sustaining relationships you've been able to develop and how does that work for the past four years for you? Um, are you talking friendship or romantic relationship? Either yeah. way, any any yeah, kind well, to start with. Last, lasting relationship. Yeah. During the pandemic, I came to Cape Town uh, in March, just in time for lockdown. And it's a good thing I got there because, it, like I mentioned, it's, it's my favorite place and uh, I didn't mind getting stuck there. I didn't expect it to be nine, ten months. I, I had to stay there. Uh, one of the nomad cruisers... Um, that I'd been on several nomad cruises with uh, she was uh, she's from Cape Town and she was going back also for for lockdown so she was there and uh, I made good friends with uh, all her extended community of friends and um, and and her family and really became part of a a, a bigger family there so I feel I have um, so many close friends in, in in Cape Town now and and it's It's the same in other countries. It's the same in other countries. Uh, when I was in Bali, that was um, just before that. Uh, there were, I think, we had a meetup of, of, of Nomad Cruises where we were 50 people there. Always going on Facebook group. I'm a part of Rotary communities. So I wonder if the profile or the or the or the being of somebody who decides to be nomadic, however, is much more independent. So it's not like you need to touch base with somebody. I mean, I just wonder how that works for you. If there's anybody that you feel oh. accountable with. In, that re- in no, a relationship. No job, nobody to report to when I'm coming home or when right. I'm going or when right. I'm leaving. No. Uh, no, no kids to care of. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, well, you're in touch with them. Yeah, I'm sure, exactly. And um, if, yeah, the, it's it's much easier to be a nomad now than it was. 30 years ago or 20 years ago even uh, sure. because of the, all the, the, the platforms Technology, that we have. Yeah. Uh, and, and like for my, my kids, we speak several times every single day and same with my siblings and I have a lot of friends all around the world. Yesterday I got a call from a guy who's also in radio that I met in the Gambia. Um, I have friends all over the world and that that's something maybe I won't see them again physically but they're still somebody I talk to from time you're to connected. time. You're connected. Yeah, exactly. You're connected. I'm just having this great imagery of like waking up in the morning and have no one to be accountable for and then you meet someone new and then you're connected to the people that you want to love anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. It just feels so different. It has a different texture. It's a freedom. And I, and I actually am just in- interested in how that is. It's a different kind of freedom. And so why don't we talk a little bit about how you've been able to develop any kind of relationship with anyone romantically? How does that work for you? 
it's it's happened around the world. It's it's, it's difficult when uh, I st- my first sentence is well I'm I'm leaving in two weeks or one week or uh, a month. But uh, uh, so so that's 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 difficult. So I I but I'm 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 being totally honest with it when I when I when I meet somebody is saying well I'm I'm a traveler and. It's my plan to leave. When I went into all this, I also thought, well, I might meet uh, the love of my life out there uh, somewhere in the world. And if that happens, well, plans change. Even either I stay or she comes with me or I I travel and she comes visiting me or whatever uh, happens. Absolutely. I mean, distance, we talk about that and there are people living apart together, even in new relationships mm-hmm. with this, with, with the choices we can make at this stage of life when we can remain vital and we do have all this wisdom of who we want to mm-hmm. be. And yet falling in love has its own, its own journey. So I do wonder, like you've, I think you've mentioned to me that you've, you define yourself as, as polyamorous, but you're still open as I think what I think is interesting about any relationship form of being able to go in and out mm-hmm. of it. It doesn't have to be one thing. If you find the love of your life, you may be monogamous. Exactly. I mean, you exactly. Want to just talk- exactly. My soulmate from Denmark, and we we, we started out as uh, just good friends for three years. I think we met each other um, six or seven years ago. And we started out for the first three years just as super close friends, and we really enjoyed each other's company. Um, but none of us were in love. We had a deep, deep love for each other, but uh, there was it was not the like the um, insane where you're in, in love kind right. of feeling. But we really enjoyed each other's company, and, and she came out and visited me all over the world for you know, maybe 10 times before that and then at some point we decided let's let's try to see if we can form some kind of relationship and since we both felt the same because there, obviously there would be long periods of time where we didn't see each other and we said well I'm I'm okay with you doing something oh really I'm okay with you doing something we're totally open by that and it was it wasn't even polyamorous it wasn't even a word for us but we just set some ground rules and realized that well that's that's maybe what we're we're doing and um, and it it, it it wasn't labeled it was it, no it we didn't really have any label and actually the last nomad cruise i i, I did athens down through the suez canal to uh, dubai i even though she's not a nomad she's not location independent but she likes to travel a lot she came on the nomad cruise we uh, we set up a, a a meetup with the other nomads because there were some other people that are polyamorous and we set up a meetup where if you want to Come talk about being polyamorous. Uh, let's do that. I'm not. I'm not that experienced in it, and it's um, not a huge part of my life. A whole thing about being open, um, if setting restrictions for each other. It's like I just want the other person to be happy uh, with her life and uh, enjoy life, and I'm. I'm not the jealous type. It was like uh, two weeks. We stopped in, in Jordan and Oman as well. Um, so, yeah, quite experienced, yeah. I, I do have another question for you. I mean, you mentioned that you, uh, you, were really, you, you really did the podcast, and I'm, you know, as a radio, radio enthusiast, uh, you mentioned that you're reliving the memories at age 95. 
Give me, give me a, an idea of what is the content, what is the sequence of your podcast? What, what, what are you, are you interviewing people? Are you just uh, uh, pouring down th thoughts of the day? I mean, what, what kind of, uh, how does it look or sound? I'm, I'm glad you asked me. I'm glad you asked me because I, I record a lot in the streets and it's, it's, it's quite a different, it's, I wouldn't say it's interview based. I do interviews, but it has to be in person. It has to be wherever I meet people. And uh, I'd much rather be on a street corner or driving in a car or something like that. The last two days I've been editing uh, my episodes from Belarus and it's a 30 minute episode and it's, it's, I've spent two and a half full working day on on editing that right now when i'm editing that i'm reliving it and yeah and then it's 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 putting out but it's it's a lot of layers of uh, sound effects and music and storytelling and interviews and um, yeah stuff like that so it's quite it's quite different you have some beautiful i've listened to some of the podcasts they are yeah i mean i want i want great. our listeners to go and listen to that can you give us the uh the, the yeah, podcast it, what it's is it? very important that uh, you search for the radio vagabond unless you're danish because if you only if you only the do radio, radio vagabond you get the danish version because i do it both in danish and english and uh i okay. unless you're danish speaking you you wouldn't like that <laughs> okay so you're doing it all doing in, danish. It in danish and in and in english only yeah and in english. And in english. the okay. radio the, vagabond the radio is in english vagabond. those are the ones and, i heard yeah the radio the vagabond one. Are but, there any last last things that you'd like to convey to our open nesters? Any insights that you feel like you'd like to convey to us um, as we I mean, close this? Yeah, I mean, uh, how would somebody decide all of a sudden to become mm -hmm. a nomad or to pack up or better yet, sell off everything that they have and, and decide to go, uh, yeah. you know, on the road yeah, what, like what, that? What I did was I, I made the what decision and then I, I, I was very public about it uh, for a couple of years. I thought, no, I shared all my, uh, I thought I'd go there and there and there and all kinds of things I shared and my maps and my details, everything uh, on social media. So... Um, um, Actually, just before I was about to leave, I, I met somebody who said, I, I thought you left a couple of years ago. Uh, I said, no, no. <laughs> so I, I, would say, I would say if you make the decision, speak out loud about it, because then you're also committing yourself to do it. And then also say if, if you don't like it, you can always go back. So it might not be for you, but if you think it is, um, do that. Or maybe even start by just um, starting slowly keeping your 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 home and then go traveling for a bit longer and especially if you're 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 able to to work um, wherever you are one thing that i get all the time is like i would love to do it if 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 only i had the money for it but uh, the funny thing is that this lifestyle is costing me around half of what i spent when i had a house uh, so <laughs> Isn't that yeah, amazing? And I'm, I'm, I'm still able to work. I, I don't even have to work nearly as hard. So it, it gives me a lot of experiences. And uh, it's, it's a different lifestyle for sure. But I, I, I really enjoy it. And I have no plan of uh, stopping anytime soon. Uh, in, in closing, would you be kind enough to tell us a memorable story uh, of interest that you have that has really stayed with you from, from the last... I mean, I know it's going to be very difficult to pick up So one. many, I'm sure. I'm sure right. so many, but one that you really feel that resonate with others and, and especially for you. 
I might pick out a story of uh, where I got some help that, uh, that I didn't expect uh, when I was traveling through uh, northwestern Africa. Uh, I was traveling For, through uh, Morocco. I went to a small uh, city called Tishnit and. Uh, for some reason, I made good friends with the local butcher. He had a butcher shop, and uh, we just started uh, chatting away. And, uh, and then we had dinner. He invited me home, and uh, and then I went further down to Western Sahara and got a, a, a severe case of pneumonia. And uh, since that place I was in didn't have a doctor, I had to go back to Tishnit uh, in order to go to what looked like a hospital. And uh, this local butcher, he said, let me help you, let me help you. Uh, and oh, and, and Omar, Omar, he went me, with me to the hospital and translated. And uh, even though I had health insurance, uh, he insisted on paying for the, the hospital bill uh, and um, it was super, super, super nice. Uh, and that was that was quite uh, uh, surprising and, and and different. And and actually, he said to me uh, uh, because obviously he was a he was a, he was a Muslim, and and he said, "This is the real Islam. It's not what you guys in the Western world see on TV. This is the way we are when we meet people. Uh, we help each other, and uh, we take care of each other. And uh, you are my friend, and um, yeah, Omar, I owe him so much, and uh, he's such a nice guy. Why do you think you connected with him? I mean, how did that happen that you connected with the butcher? I think I think we both smiled. Uh, it was it was kind of a different kind of butcher. It was it was a butcher shop out to the street where he was inside, and then the counter was, and I was on the street. And the deal was yeah. that uh, you buy the meat there, and then you go next door where they had a barbecue, and you can buy some salad. So it, you can go next door. And when I was sitting there eating the food, he came over. He closed up the shop, and he came over and chatted away, and uh, um, we just. Um, instantly became good friends but i think i think it was um the smile so um from both of us uh, so i can't wait to get the mask off i can well. picture all these all the all the um smells of the markets i oh. mean that's the thing is when you've traveled like this and i i i i i want to do so much more of it and there are probably a lot of people out there that do so this the textures of what you're explaining and then being able to connect to someone with a smile mm. It's just something I'd love to leave everyone with because I think you brought that to such a beautiful, you know, pinnacle of understanding how we can get out in the world and we don't know what to expect and beautiful things can happen. Yeah. I, I love so, I love the word serendipity uh, and and actually before I started I, I I made a rule for myself if I was ever in doubt if I should do something or not the answer would be yes. So sometimes I'm thinking, should I go and see that exhibition or should I go and do that? The answer is yes. So that brought me to uh, the world's highest bungee jump in Macau Tower. I did the world's highest oh, swing oh, oh. in Durban. I par paraglided oh. in Cape Town, hang glided in uh, Rio de Janeiro. So yeah, I do all kinds of different stuff. But it's, uh, it's, it's about going places, unless it's totally stupid and it would get me killed. The answer is yes. Tell me about that bungee wow. jump. I want, I want to hear about that. <laughs> Go and listen to the episode from Macau Tower. It's so high up. It's, Macau Tower. It's, it's, Macau I think, Tower. I think, I think it's uh, 700 feet, 322 meters, so maybe 1,000 feet. I don't know feet. Uh, but wow. it's, 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 it's super, super high, and you're on top of this uh, platform. And then when I jumped, I screamed 
until I had no more air in my lungs. Then I took a deep breath and screamed some more because I was still falling. Uh, it was so high up wow. and it's, it's, yeah, it was insane. What a scary moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. But you did it. I did it and you can hear my scream on the podcast. Uh, we, I will definitely go look at that. <laughs> I think that's even a video. I had a GoPro on my arm, so just because see my face. It, for me, it is the, one of the most remote things that I'll ever do. I will. I, I, can, I can see myself jumping and trusting those straps that are connected to my ankle that's going to hold me. I mean, I, I can't have that level of trust. I salute you for doing that. Wow. Well, I did it once, once I don't. I don't need to do it again. I got the T-shirt. Oh, good. You, you, you quit while you were ahead. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, this has been such a pleasure. We could just keep talking, but we are going to wind down now and make sure people know where to reach you besides just any other websites or books or any other things you want to promote. But definitely the radio, the radiovagabond.com. Yeah. yeah. And on all the social media platforms as well. So Ex you could yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, everywhere as uh, the Radio Vagabond. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and in your podcast app is just the Radio Vagabond as well. So yeah, and uh, if 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 somebody needs any help uh, starting a podcast, uh, my my production company is called Radio Guru. So it's RadioGuru.co.uk. And what does that company do with this? Uh, produce podcasts. I I, I do um, podcasts and soundtracks for Lego and uh, other companies that uh, would like to start a podcast or help have me help produce it. So he's the professional real deal. He has his own microphone over there. He's going to he has the real audio track compared to our little basement studio over here. But Paula, this has been such a pleasure. It's been inspiring. So uh, inspiring. Not to do the, body, the bungee jump, but certainly uh, I would like to be a nomad for about three months. And Tessa has been mentioning it that she wants to go on her own to be... I'm going to uh, research some of the women things, which actually is a whole nother... You know, actually, maybe you can introduce me to a woman of my age who's done that because I'd love to get some information and get I, some I definitely can. You know, first-hand uh, understanding. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so, so, so a woman that's uh, 39. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> no, I'm fi I'm 59 and proud of it. So, uh-uh. It's it's no. been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure to know somebody that uh, really took his life uh, in his own hand, become an open nester, and took it to fully advantage of the situation. Full openness. We enjoyed talking to you. It's been an inspiration. And thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having Be well. me. That was a wonderful interview and so many takeaways that I'm sure many of you will be thinking about as well as what Pale shared with us, mostly online, mostly together. And offline, I asked him about the nomad cruises. He mentioned that there were many 20, 30, 40-year-olds, and he was one of the few 50-plus-year-olds. And I started thinking, isn't that important for us as we get older to stop defining ourselves just based on our age group in order for us to stay vital? So my, my friends and I like to have friends of all ages. I hope you go out there, pursue your interests while you meet people of all ages, too. And as a radio professional, I identify with all his adventures. Offline, we have shared all kinds of technological advancement that can help us with our podcast, especially when we travel. And I'm planning to get some of those gadgets to help us 
while we on the road with our V trip that is coming up pretty, pretty, pretty soon. Also, it's not that easy to really get out of your comfort zone. Think about it. You become an open nester, you sell up everything, and all of a sudden you are on the road as a nomad looking for an adventure. So that's not easy. And I, I'm not even talking about the bungee jump in Macau. That is something Crazy. that is totally, totally, totally beyond me. So create some memories when you're 95. That is a valuable, valuable takeaway from all that. That's a great message. Say yes. And say yes, yeah. When in doubt, say yes. And we urge you to look for the yes. And right? you could find, find Polly's beautiful podcast on theradiovagabond.com. And you can find us on theopennesters.com. That's theopennesters, double N in the middle, S at the end, theopennesters.com. As well as in other social media platforms under The Open Nesters. And please share with your friends and let us know if you li- what you like. Join us in our closed Facebook discussion group to find out what you feel about being an open nester and this open nesting chapter. And please leave us a comment on our website. If you have a story of value to share with others' audience, the other open nesters, please let us know, and we will definitely like to talk to you and consider you as a guest on our show. So till next time, I'm Amir. And I'm Tessa. And we will see you on the radio. Ciao.